I'm wrestling, do not weep for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 67 of the T. Rowan Funky Show, brought to you, as always, by Defense Over Defend, which you have built, and Dalmer Matz. And Tommy, I was able to see one of our great sponsors, Guy Seiko, in, um, oh my God, what town? Indiana, Pennsylvania, at the Flow Nationals. He was kind enough, see, the second day, we had to check out of our hotel, and there was no showers at the facility. And luckily, seven of my nine guys were still wrestling the second day, so that that was fantastic. You, brother, yeah. So, uh, so we ended up. I made I made him take uh, baths with the defense soap, defense wipes, because we had to uh, get on the road and go three hours down. We we actually stayed just south of the Cleveland airport. Um, so I made him to shower with some defense soap wipes. So th- thank you, guy, for those. Much appreciated. And Tommy, he did bring up the fact that uh, you know. To be a sponsor, he's he's got to pay a little bit, and you, and you refuse to send him anything. So um, I have. Been I think a bad... he's a charitable sponsor for the time being. But either way, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, bookkeeping is not my forte. <laughs> uh, we got a customer that is asking me to invoice him, and I won't do it. So it's all on me. My my bad, man. Jeez my bad. <laughs> a professional organization we are running around here. So uh, I guess uh, I was on vacation in Indiana, Pennsylvania. And uh, and you were on a real vacation. Where did uh, where did you get to go? I went to Atlantis in the Bahamas, man, for a long weekend. It was great. I used up all of my travel points since I travel so much. So it was hardly cost anything. And uh, it's good to be back, though, man. Glad to be back in Ohio. Let's talk some wrestling. Yeah, I, I was thinking. You know, so we, we are totally unscripted. Sometimes I type up a, a script for us. And uh, and so we can stay on task, but we don't have anything typed up this week. So I was thinking we would start with the coaching changes, and I especially I saw a lot of college coaches at Flow Nationals, and and you know sometimes when, when you've seen guys for years, things come up, and I heard something that is super interesting that I cannot believe that no one talked about ever, and I'm not going to tell you my source, but Tommy, I heard. And it will, it's, it's super relevant with what just happened. But I heard Metcalf was kind of pushed out at Iowa, essentially. You are a sensationalist. I kid. swear to God, I am, I'm not making this up. I am not making this up, Tommy. <laughs> so, okay, so oh. let's just go with the fact that there is a definite possibility it's true. I mean, I think it's true from, from the source I got. I think it's true. But let's go with the fact that it, there's a possibility it's true. If that possibility is true, what does that say about Tom Brands at Iowa? Well, I mean, whether it's true or not, and, and I don't know if – I mean, it says a lot if it is true. So what, it is it, what does it say to you? If it, if it is true, what does it say? I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to why you would push, you know, the best wrestler that you've ever coached at Iowa – yeah, and to me, to me, he's the quintessential Hawkeye, right? Um, yeah. 
And, I, and so from what I heard, it was right after, right after the 16 Olympic trials. And, um, you know, he was kind of cut off from funding there from the Hawkeye Training Center or whatever it's called. Um, and that was why, you know, I, I guess I just, just, I didn't even think about it, you know, because I guess I didn't, I, to me, something like that would be unfathomable. And maybe that's why no one else asked the questions. But if you remember, he took that high school job for a minute. And, and then obviously he ended up out at the training center for a good six no, months. No, I don't remember that. He took the high school job? Yeah, there was a high school job. Hold on. Well, I, I'll just Google it right now. Um, there was a high school job he took. And I figured it was just like they wanted to throw him on there. Uh, as like, you know, I mean, I, I there's some few high schools that have pretty big name assistant coaches, but they don't really do much around here. I, f- I figured it was, uh, right. it was, was, yeah, right here. Okay. This is from August 15, 2016. Brett Metcalf to coach at Cedar Rapids Prairie. Um, and he said, you know, his intention was to be done, blah, 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 blah. And he'll be taking a job at Cedar Rapids Prairie High School coaching wrestling. And I guess I, I thought this was, you know, like I said, I thought it was just like, hey, they want to put his name on it, and he's obviously going to still be at Iowa and help out. It's, it's a few minutes away, right? So he could do both. I guess that was what I was thinking. Right. And then, so he, he was only here for uh, a few months, and then obviously he heads out to the uh, training center. And I know, I know that there was a lot of colleges trying to pursue him, and then I think it was too late before he was available. They had to make other decisions. Yeah, and so, so it, it, man, if if I'm if I'm going to assume this is true, which judging by my source, I, I think it, it, there's a definite chance it is true. Um, man, that says a lot about Tom Brands to not keep your you know your number one guy essentially around, and it's like who you know who's taking his place? Is it is it because there's not enough funding? Is it because he's a bad attitude? Which I, I can't imagine that being the case in any way, shape, or form. Um, but like, why wouldn't you do everything you could to keep him around? Yeah, it, it, it's you know, if he's not training, you just don't cut a guy off right after the trials, even if you're really short on funds. Shoot, I mean, he's such a part of that program. You wouldn't want to make him feel so slighted that you know, I'd probably take it out of my own personal bank account for a few months to yeah. make sure, it's okay, to keep him around. So, you know, whether that's you know, here's the thing. Whether whether he pushed him out or not, the fact that he couldn't keep him, let's yeah, just yeah, let's, sure, let's go with know, that. Even if he wasn't pushing him out, the fact that he couldn't keep him is tough, man. I mean, it would be the equivalent of Ohio State losing Logan Steber. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And you know, although that that could happen, I just know that it would take a an, an incredible effort on the other side to get it to happen. Yeah. So, um, so I thought that that was pretty fascinating. I, I almost maybe think we should call up Brent and get him on the show and say, Brent is so. Is, so my question is, to what you, we heard true? I know you won't share your source, Will but not. how legitimate is it? Very. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I thought that was fascinating. So okay, so let's go. So Dresser obviously took the job at Iowa State. So now he he goes all Hawkeye staff. Which, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, wow, that's kind of freaking brilliant. Because it's like, why did Kale leave Iowa State? Kale left Iowa State because he said everyone pictures Iowa State as number two. So how do you how do you get over that hump? You get all Hawkeyes, and you get all Hawkeyes who got the dirt, right? I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was brilliant. And did you listen to the press conference? He uh, said not was, the entire thing, but I did catch bits and pieces. He said it was coincidental. <laughs> Bull- 
Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. 100%. Yeah, That's right. crap. You um, know, and Iowa State is so – Iowa State is so behind right now that so even though – so I didn't realize this, but I was listening to FRL. They scored one point at NCAAs. One point, Tommy. Right. So – so they're so far behind right now. It's like it's okay to focus on beating Iowa because if you're beating Iowa, you're top five or six. And at, as of right now, that's a good standard for Iowa State to have. So if yeah, you build a, a thousand percent, if you build a culture around slaying that dragon, if you slay that dragon, there's only one more hurdle to win the title. Yeah. So. Yep. I think it's a good approach. I think that they should build a culture within that program where it's it's centered around beating Iowa. And quite honestly, Ben, I don't know if you you were in the middle of high school around this time, but I feel like Minnesota wrestling when they took Iowa down when Iowa was Iowa. Yeah. I was I was a freshman and sophomore in college, and I was on the Fila Junior team, Fila Junior World team with Jared Lawrence, Leroy Vega, Damian Hahn. You know, and Marty Morgan was coaching the junior world team. So I just got to be around this program before before they beat Iowa, but not five years before, like one year before they beat Iowa. And I can tell you that even in the summertime, their their entire dialogue, the culture of that program was centered around beating Iowa. It wasn't even really about beating winning the national championship. But I feel like if you eye a certain target you know, the residual outcomes will be good if the target is high enough. And um, I think you can build a program around that stuff is the point I'm getting at. And I think Kevin Dresser needs to do that on steroids, not literally, <laughs> but but figuratively, and uh, do that in Ames. I mean, I think he needs to do it. Um, yeah, a, th- a thousand percent. I think, um, I, you know, and I guess you were speaking to the Minnesota-Iowa thing. I'll I'll speak to my first duel of my college career, Tommy, and I I lost. I was up seven one and I and I blew it. Missouri beat Oklahoma State, and I can't tell you the jolt of energy that gave the program. I mean, of course, they of course. they were Owen everything. I mean, I'm right. about, Owen fifty against Oklahoma State in the history of of Mizzou, and in two thousand three. Uh, in, in November 2003, we beat them for the first time, and it was gigantic for the you know for the program. I mean, just totally huge. And that was they won nationals that year, and uh, and we were able to beat them in the first duel, and that was a huge win. So um, to your point about just kind of focusing on, some, I mean, because right now if they say focus on winning the NCAs, that, that's just freaking unrealistic. It's unrealistic, right? right? You scored one right. point in NCAs, you're not going to win NCAs. So. Let, you know, it, you know whether it is for from a standpoint of a goal, whether it's win the Big Twelves or finish top two at the Big Twelves or beat Iowa. They need to have um, a smaller, more accomplishable goal. And with Iowa losing four of their starters, um, beating Iowa next year, while it is definitely a stretch, it's I don't think it's completely out of the question. Right. I, I mean. It's not. I like everything that they're doing. I like the way that Kevin Dresser's thinking. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to make a point earlier. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> with the all with the all Hawkeye stuff. Well, it's brilliant, right? Because Iowa wants to recruit Iowa kids. If you pay attention to some of these state news, it was what Pennsylvania never did, but now Pennsylvania is doing. The top programs 
typically keep their best kids in state, right? They just don't leave. If you look at Oklahoma, Oklahoma kids don't leave Oklahoma. Iowa kids don't leave Iowa. Minnesota kids rarely leave Minnesota, right? Right. And so now, and obviously now Penn State is now keeping Pennsylvania kids, and Pennsylvania being the best high school wrestling state, that's fantastic for them. But so now if you're Iowa... All the Wisconsin kids leave Wisconsin. (laughs) Well, all all the good ones at least. (laughs) Um, You got Askren... Freaking uh, Conrad, Alex Cole Derringer. Conrad, Garrett Lowney. Uh, Alex who's the other one last year? Derringer. Derringer, yeah. Yeah. So that's another topic to talk about, which, <laughs> which anyway. I, I, I could speak at length. Pro- I could probably speak to the length of our podcast about the issues with that. Let's um, do it. Not this one, though. Okay, maybe a different one. But All so, right. okay, so if you're number two, if you're Iowa State, right? And really, you're number three now because I believe they did, did in fact lose to Northern Iowa last year, so they're number three in the state. But Kale, when Kale left Iowa State to go to Penn State, he said, um, he said that you know you you're, Iowa State's always going to be number two in Iowa because every kid's going to want to grow up and be a Hawkeye. Well, how do you how do you change those minds, right? Because if you're an Iowa high school recruit, the parents are going to at least invite the coaches into the house from Iowa State. They're going to at least give them that courtesy, right? Right. Well, now you bring Brent Metcalf in and say, well, I was the Quinnell Central Hawkeye, and they kicked me to the curb. And you have Mike Zadek, they kicked me to the curb. You know, And, and so you have these people who, who show very good, valid reasons why their son might want to question being a Hawkeye, right? That's the questions you want to put in their head. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. Because you can't just say we're any better than them because they're going to say, yeah, right, prove it. And then they're going to go to Iowa, and it's going to perpetuate itself. So you got you got to have so a game changer. Think, what do you think the angle is verbally? You're talking about you know what do you think the angle is verbally when they're in an Iowa, the Iowa kids' house that they want? What do you think the angle is going to be? Well, they, they haven't been there yet, but I think you know I think there's probably dirt that Metcalf and and Zadik both have. I mean, these guys are are both guys who not only won national titles but wrestled at the highest level um, for America under the Iowa system. And they're both not there. And there's a reason they're both not there, right? Um, and I don't think those breaks were really cordial. When I see those guys, you know, when I see Zadok and, and Brands, I, I don't see them seeing eye to eye still. So I think they're going to use that angle. Hey, guys, you know, I gave everything I had to Iowa and there was no loyalty shown. Or, you know, what, whatever, that, whatever happened, they're going to use that and say, hey, if it happened to me, why won't it happen to you, you know? And you use angles like that because that's you know although it's maybe not uh, I don't moral's not the word it's not the uh, um, cleanest way to do it kind of negative recruiting if you're Iowa State and you want the best kids in Iowa that's a hundred percent what you're going to have to do until you get over that hump yeah and and I I mean I can't wait for the uh, the dual meet it'd be outstanding. Yeah, I hope they do a home and home or something. Really get it fired up, you know. Yeah, I think they used to, but then since it's been such a an ugly, you know, one sided thing, it has uh, it hasn't been worth a home and home. Right. So I don't know. I, I haven't studied Iowa State's roster. I don't know that they have the firepower to go with Iowa next year. Even though Iowa will still be down, they were just so bad this year. I just I, I think it'll be fiery and spirited though. I think. Oh Iowa- yeah, that's for sure. I think they will be good enough to yeah. do that. I'm, I'm I'm on their website right now, kind of looking through their, looking through who they got in their roster, thinking like, which one of these guys could get some wins? 
<laughs> Man, I don't know, Tommy. This Ian Parker, and then who's the other kid that's supposed to be pretty darn good? Um, shoot, what is this guy? Oh, Kanan Store. They say they say he's really good. So I have um, heard. That. But man, their their roster is pretty thin because don't they, they still have some good recruits coming in? Even though they lost a few, I do believe they have some. I think they lost a couple, but they do they do have some coming in. How, how ridiculous is that experience? Don't you think he should shave it? It's absolutely ridiculous. And I know Mike well, and I know you do too. It's like, Mike, I well, love you, why brother. Why does he demand to have it? He's got some quirks. He's a quirky dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so let's go to let's go to the Virginia Tech staff. So Virginia Tech, I, I thought these are random. I, I have no idea what the freaking connection is here, but obviously they're both good picks up. Pick ups. So Virginia Tech... Picked up both Jared Ferrer and Frank Molinaro. I also find it interesting that they're the exact same weight and they're the last two Olympians at that weight class for the United States. Um, but that's a good pick up Virginia Tech. But what, what yeah, but here's, here's the thing that I'm getting at is like when your program gets good enough, you can't keep all your best guys. You know, isn't it maybe just that um, brands couldn't finance as many people as they wanted to? No difference. Who do they still have? Who do they have? Yeah, who I don't even know who, who's who's that a volunteer assistant coach they have. I don't even know who that guy is. Who is he? Do you know? I'm I'm gonna Google it right now. Um, but well, I mean, Ramos just left, right? So you're not spending any money on him, are you? Ramos gone. Metcalf Dennis gone. Dennis is re- cut, retired, so he's gone. St. John's not there. Um, maybe McDonough's still there? Maybe McDonough's there. McDonough is there. Okay, let's see. Steph, Tom Brands, Terry Brands, Morningstar's there. Luke Houston is the director of operations. Travis Rutz is strength and conditioning coach. So how do I find the uh, Hawkeye Regional Training Center? That's what I need to Google. See who's on that. Hawkeye. The volunteer assistant on there? Nah, it was uh, Burhau. Oh, Ben Burhau, the big guy. That's who it is. Okay. That's who I'm talking about. I I didn't know who that was. Huh. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not an Iowa guy. And I know you need... I know you need an upper weight coach, but wouldn't you rather have Metcalf as your volunteer? Yes. Or how? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Metcalf is. Um, I mean, from a from a recruiting standpoint, and you know, I'm around kids all, all the time because so I coach kids. Um, Metcalf is a big deal still, very big deal. Yeah, he's. Uh... And if Brett Metcalf comes into your and you know I don't know if you can do it he's as a volunteer. He's, 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 he's iconic. iconic. Yes, if, if he comes into your living room, you say wow. If you're a high school kid right now, he's iconic. I mean, and he I think he will be for a long time. I mean, he's yes, he he's will up be. there. You there's you got you got Colat, you got Mako, you got Steber, you got Taylor, and you got Metcalf. Yeah. Who are some other iconic, like, just, I'm talking about all through the age group ranks, like, just, like, age group, all the time killers. Did, did you know Damian Hahn? Damian Hahn. He was, Jeez, he's I, iconic. He's iconic. Tommy Rollins. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, you were up there for a, for a quick minute. A <laughs> quick minute. Uh, Alan Freed. Alan Freed's like that. I, I didn't get the Alan Freed. That might be a little before my time, but I guess – is he still the only person to ever win four straight junior national titles? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, Brent Metcalf is definitely one of the iconic – You know, he's an iconic wrestler. He's an iconic Hawkeye. 
I don't know how you let him go. That, that is just it's freaking beyond me. Um, yeah. I think it was a great move by Dresser. I think it was very intentional. It was not coincidental. No, hell no, it was not. Hey, so I can't freak. I freaking googled seventeen things, Tommy, and I can't find shit about the Hawkeye Regional Training Center. How do I? How do I find it? Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, hold on. We'll see what comes up here. Hawkeye Wrestling Club. All right. Okay, now we go. Boom. Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Let's see who their athletes are. Because Matt McDonough doesn't compete anymore, right? Uh, hasn't lately. Athletes. Nate Burek. Okay. But it looks like he lives in Colorado Springs. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is back? I thought he was at Cal Poly. Chris Dardanes, Nick Dardanes, Dan Dennis are retired. So you got a bunch of non-Hawkeyes in here. Bobby Telford, Matt McDonough. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, if I'm Iowa, I'm freaking keeping Metcalf around come hell or high water. I'll say that much. Yep, yep, I'm with you. Okay, so wait. I, so you I, didn't comment on Virginia Tech's pickups. Great pickups. I mean, what I was getting at, though, is that you could argue, why didn't Kale hang on to Molinaro? Molinaro, the, the, he's tied oh. for the greatest Olympian ever to ever wear a Penn State singlet. Sure. Okay? Well, he, I mean, the issue with Penn State, Tommy, is that they got to freaking start making room for David Taylor. I mean, I don't even think Varner's yeah, really on staff. You got to make room for Varner, an Olympic gold medalist. Um, and then now you're going to have freaking Rutherford. You're going to have Nolf. How, how are you going to make room for all these guys to stick around? I mean, good Lord. Yeah. And then one thing Kale's done is that he's got some international guys there that people don't know about yeah. that are very good that are in that room every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got um, Puerto Rico, so they got Franklin Gomez and um, what the heck's the other guy's name? Hold on, I'm looking up there. There, there, there are people now. All right, here's who they got. And they got the, the W cap there. How Kale pulled that one off is beyond me. Um, they got Conway, Gomez, McKnight, Megalutis, Molinaro, David Taylor, Jake Varner, Matt Brown, Vlad Dombrowski, and Vic Terrell. So you got a nice little, uh, and I think they do get some Japanese guys come in. But, I mean, David Taylor's going to need a spot, right? Who, who the hell is going to leave for him? And then, I mean, Varner, I don't believe Varner's an actual coach right now, is he? He's volunteer. He was in the corner. He's uh, So he's volunteer. Yeah, I, I will give I will give um, Kale some credit though. He's got so many other guys there that it's not a, it's not even close to as incriminating. And then Molinero, God bless him, he's just not as iconic as Brent Metcalf. No, God no. I mean, iconic for Penn State is is David Taylor. That'd be like Iowa losing Brent Metcalf is equivalent to Penn State losing David Taylor. Is that what you say? Uh, it's it's more close of a comparison than not one. I can tell you that much. So, um, man, I'm looking. How the hell did I find Penn State staff? I, people got to get so annoyed when I'm on here freaking googling stuff instead of paying attention to what the hell I should be saying on my show. All right, <laughs> coaching staff. Here we go. Penn State coaching staff: Jake Varner, assistant coach; Casey Cunningham, Cody Sanderson, Kale Sanderson; Adam Lynch, director of ops. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Varner doesn't strike me as a he's being too interested in coaching. So who knows? Maybe maybe David Taylor will take his spot. But I think David's going to go through twenty twenty. Um, you told me David's taking over at Iowa. That's what well, you told he me. should be if they were smart. That's what would be happening. <laughs> hey, people really enjoyed we had him on the show. So we maybe have, yeah, have him back yeah. and 
Talk about how he should be. He's a big player. ratings boost. Yeah, he was. Because uh, he's freaking iconic. We need to have freaking Brett Metcalf on the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get him on here, Tom. You know him very well, Tommy? Yeah, I texted him the other day. He said, hey, thanks, man. So, yeah, we're buds. I'll get him on here. Yeah, let's get him on here. Let's ask him. you think he would tell us the truth or you think he would be like – You know, sometimes in the rest community, it's like don't incriminate anyone. Don't throw him under the bus. Just be nice to everybody, you know? Yeah, he he he'll he won't spit any juice. Yeah, he won't, Willie. No, but he, we'll even, see. even if there was something, he probably wouldn't say something. Right, right. Damn All right. Know. So what else do we got? Okay, a pit. Let's talk about pit. They're freaking. Well, we skip Virginia Tech. Well, you didn't want to talk about him. You got off the subject like three times. I love Jared Frayer. I'm glad he's back in the mix. Yeah, because he got out of college coaching altogether. Correct. So Correct. I was. Uh, I thought it was kind of. Interesting that he got out and then came back, and that was like I, I don't know. You know, usually in wrestling we know the connections. I don't know the Roby Frere connection because Roby was at uh, Edinburgh and then in Vatek, and, and Frere was at Oklahoma and then Wisconsin, then Iowa. So I don't know what the connection is there. I mean, maybe he just called him up, right? Yeah, no, I mean, could be. So I'm I don't. Not know. Sure. Yeah, um, so those are good pickups. But let's talk about Pitt. Pitt's blowing it. So I saw. Um, Keith Gavin uh, at the Flow Nationals, and he said that uh, he said, you know, it was just after Santoro didn't get the job or, or turned down the job, or I can't remember what happened exactly. And he told me Tim Flynn was going to get the job, and then they announced Tim Flynn saying Edinburgh. So from from what I heard, you know, the, the administration at Pitt is saying, hey, we're going to actually take this seriously and put some uh, put some effort into this program and then they turn around and and uh from, from what i heard blew it right blew it with those two guys because those are two really high level coaches that would have done a great job at penn state well i've got i i think you need to hold your horses a little bit hold you your say, horses before you say they blew it and i've got inside information oh well tell us tommy i don't have inside information i have inside um experience with <laughs> well, the tell us that too with the administration at Pitt. Okay. Uh, the new AD they just hired, her name is Heather Like. Okay. And she was the head of the steering committee and spearheaded the search for the Ohio State coach when Tom Ryan was hired. So she knows what I, she's doing is what you're saying or what? Yeah, and I was also an applicant. She made the choice Wait, to you, hire – Wait, you were an assistant – you were an applicant for the head coach? Yeah, I was one of the four interviews. I did you not know that, Tommy. Who else would tell me the other three? Dude, I was 24 years old. It's actually a great story. You were 24? I was – it was 25. I was 25 years old. Okay. And um, the final four interviews were me, Terry Brands, Tom Ryan, and Jim Heffernan. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I got a bunch of stories. So what, what place did you take? Off the record on that one. What's that? What place did you take? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not first. Actually, actually, I do know, but I'm not going to repeat it. Oh, come I, on. Just tell us. Obviously, Tom Ryan's first. Yeah, Tom was first. Then, so, I, don't think, I don't think they're giving Heffernan the look, so he, he's fourth. So are you above or behind, behind Terry? <laughs> it was close. It was close. Tell us so, the answer. The, the, the listeners want to know, Tommy. No, I'm out. I'm out on that. Oh, but anyways, see, I do this, wanna, is why, this is why Metcalf wouldn't tell us shit. Because people in the wrestling community don't rat on other oh, people in the wrestling God. community. Here we go. Here this we is go. freaking Trump, Trump is tr- he's trumping it up right now, Ben. Just you know, 
I call it like I see it. Um, well, in every other in every other sport, we get to hear the freaking answer. <laughs> we get the dirt. We want the dirt. So I'm a, I'm a fan, and I don't know the answer to this, Tommy. I'm just a fan here, and I, I want the dirt. Okay, so listen. So Heather Like was an associate athletic director, and she was tasked with spearheading um, the job search for the head coach in Ohio State because whoever was hired was going to report to her as an associate AD. Okay, you know, at the sure. bigger schools, you have a, there's 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 associate ADs, so on and so forth. Yep. So yeah, she Brian hired. Brian Smith hates Mizzou because they have 27. Uh, I shouldn't say that's not the right word. Um, he gets frustrated because they have like 27 associate ads, and he's like, "What do all these people do? How do we have 27 associate athletic directors?" Right. And right. Uh, yeah, it's really funny. So anyway, Ohio State probably has more than that because the Ohio State athletic department is bigger than Mizzou. Yep. So, anyways, her she along with Gene Smith. Obviously, it's his call at the end of the day, but yeah. she was the one that was very instrumental in just compiling the data, getting the committee together, so on and so forth. They ended up hiring Tom Ryan, which, as you know, is a good choice, and she was instrumentally involved in that. And then I worked at Ohio State for uh, many years after that under Tom Ryan. But Tom Ryan's only won one national title, so how many would Tommy Rollins have won by now? Oh, God. Hey, dude, I, I, I got to finish this story. It's a good one. Okay, so sorry. We, we reported to Heather like she was our direct report for a number of years. So I interacted with her for a number of years. And um, then she went on to become the AD at Eastern Michigan. And now she's at, she just accepted the job at Pitt. She knows wrestling. Really? Uh, not because she has a background in it, because she's really smart. She did her research. She did her due diligence. She, through the through the hiring process, and I found this out after. But wait, they, wait, wait. Tem- okay, I'm sorry. I've interrupted you like 17 times. So i got to stop. You've been terrible. Uh, I, I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. So at any rate, Ben, through knowing her and reporting to her, I can tell you that she knows the landscape. She she and I haven't spoken to her. I did congratulate her when she got the job, but I haven't spoken to her. She knows what that job is to the national wrestling community. She knows that Pittsburgh is a haven. She knows she's right next to Ohio. Um, <laughs> What's that? No, she knows. She's she knows. in Pennsylvania. Why would she need to get any Ohio kids? No, she, she knows it's a recruiting hotbed in <laughs> PA, Pittsburgh, Ohio. She knows what she's got there because she learned that through vetting the Ohio State process and getting herself educated. I'm just telling you right now that she is not taking this lightly. So I know why, her. Why, I mean, I guess from from what I heard, why, why didn't she take uh, – um, you know, Santoro, I heard, had a pretty terrible interview. And then I kind of heard the same thing about Tim Flynn, where to the point where um, I guess maybe not that they weren't offered, but they didn't even have that much interest after the interview process. So, you know, is maybe you're saying there's a strategy there, or? No, oh, I, I think she's she's got the job in midstream, so it's kind of hard when the coach was fired in January. She got hired like literally ten sure. days ago. Sure, sure. And everybody's asking, you know, Santoro and Flynn are probably walking in there asking for asking for things that she can't answer yet. How much are you going to support the program? How much money are you going to be behind it? You're going to redo the wrestling room. How much How much is my operating budget going to be? Are you going to let me support an RTC? So on and so forth. And she's like learning where the front door is. So all I'm telling you is that I know she knows what that job means in the national wrestling community. And I think she's smart enough to seek good candidates out. 
And I think I still think that there's hope that she'll hire the right person. So who? who if you, okay, you, you're the Pittsburgh. Heather like asks you to be on the steering committee. Who are you going after right now? Because Flynn and Centaur are out. So who are you going after? Colat, Roselli. Um, Roselli, come on, Roselli just took the job at OU. He ain't leaving. I, I'm just telling you who I'd be but going. But that's at. unrealistic. How is it realistic? His wife. Uh, is, I know, unrealistic. His wife is from Pittsburgh. He recruited and coached in Pennsylvania for over ten years. Because they're not going to pay him what OU's paying him, right? That's where I think Heather like understands the business of college athletics. Hmm. Um, I think she knows what Pitt is. So it, it just. What it about just, Gavin? Would you think consider Gavin? I would consider Gavin. Um, I'm shooting from the hip here, dude. Colette's um, a good one. I, I heard Colette initially, but then Campbell just. Made I would. I would probably go. At, I'd probably go after Casey Cunningham heavily. Yeah. Um. Hey, let me try- ask you this question. I was talking to someone about this last week. Do you think there's a stigma when you've been an assistant coach too long? We were talking about Damian Hahn, who's he's been the assistant at Cornell. You know, and he was kind of like one of the hot assistant coaches where you thought he was going to get a head job, but now he's been the assistant for so long. And Casey Cunningham would be in that same boat. Is there a stigma there that once you're an assistant coach for so long, it just doesn't seem like you're a head coach? Yes. You think so? Because that's the way I, that's I, what I was I, feeling. I, I, and I don't think it's not it, – it's just it's not a stigma that you can't fight your way out of. But I think that leadership ascents very quickly in all walks of life. I don't think that leadership is something that – Gradual, you know. I don't think you just kind of tiptoe into being a head coach after 20 years. I think it's like you, yeah, of course. You bur- you burst through the doors, and 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 it's an ins- you have an insatiable desire to have your own vision with your own program, and you just can't stand it, and you find a way to to find a. That's why I think a lot of great head coaches just take a really small job to start out because they just they just want that feeling so badly. And so I think that these guys that stick around at programs for a long time, it is not a mark against them as much as it is, you know, I think they get comfortable. I think that they're, they learn to expect th- certain things out of a head coaching job where when you're 23 or 4, you just get in it, 26, 7 years old, get in some small mid-range D1 school, make stuff happen, carve it out of granite there, and then you go to the big jobs. I, uh, that, that was very, very well put, Tommy. I, a, I I agree hundred percent. Okay, thanks. Appreciate so, it. I, so yeah, I, I just think that you you know I just think leadership ascends, and um, more than it doesn't. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say you know th- there's people that gradually become yeah. leaders of their own deal, but I just think that in a in the general sense, it ascends and bursts through the doors very quickly. Sure. So, is there? Do you think there's gonna be other jobs coming on the market this off season? Probably not, right? No, but there's another job we haven't talked about. Was what did we miss? Oh gosh, what was it, I man? Don't think we missed any. Oh yeah, we went from Virginia Tech to Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any bigger ones gonna come available than, than those three. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's it. Um, so yeah, so let's uh, let's hit Flow Nationals a little bit. I was out there, um, and then after that, I guess we'll just go open open forum because I I don't know what else we're talking about. It is kind of a light news week, um, unless you have anything for us. So I I got. Have you been ever out to Flow Nationals, Tommy? Um, I have never been. I should go. My company was a vendor there for the second year in a row. Yeah, they did awesome. 
been a great thank you. It's been a great partnership. I got to get out there next year. There's a Flow Youth Nationals, Ben. You were you were there. How young is it? So the youth was on Sunday. I didn't stay for that. How young does it go? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully not to child abuse age. So <laughs> I, I call you know they do this these USA Wrestling dominate the Dells and they have this Tour of America stuff. I call right? I call the seven seven eight year olds. That that's like that's like uh, human cockfighting. I don't, I don't oh. go down to the child abuse down there. You know, you're, it's you're like you you're know really, they they push their chickens out there and then they're waiting twenty really, dollars. Really generalizing that comment because no, that's bull crap. I even told one kid we had, we had one kid in that division this year and and he was wrestled in the place match and I finally went down there and I'm like I told his parent I'm like sorry I tr- I try not to come down to these mats because there's too much child abuse going on. Well, there is a lot of that <laughs> age, and I got a seven year old at that age, so I've seen it, but. You know, there's there's little kids soccer fields all over America too. So you just got to take yeah, it. Yeah, but there's the- something about wrestling that brings out the worst in people. I mean, I okay. So I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't watch youth soccer or youth baseball. But these some of these parents get so insane, and the older you get, the more uh, well behaved they get, right? If you're in a high school gym versus, I mean, if you're in a college, it's totally they're like the parents are out, right? If you're in high school, they're a little more in. And then the younger you get, the more insane they are. Right. So, yeah, I'm trying try to stay out on the seven, eight-year-olds. I, I don't know how young Flo went. The other one that, that's terrible is the, the roller. They do like – which Flo partners up with them. So it's, they do like a five- and six-year-old nationals. Like yeah. someone told me, hey, my six-year-old cousin won nationals. I'm like, what the F is a six-year-old doing in a freaking <laughs> national tournament? It's freaking child abuse. Oh, that's great! Don't get me going on youth. I could go on youth wrestling too. Uh, All right, so what, where, where were we? Where we were we talking about four, uh, four nationals? So okay, so let me give you the. the, the it, it was a very well ran event. Um, the, probably the most professionally ran high school event. Even even a little better than flow as far as security, flow of the event, all those things. Um, you know, I thought the referees did a really good job. The one thing, and I, obviously, it's probably all Pennsylvania referees. I there was no stalling in neutral, and that was that was frustrating me. Um, yeah, and there was probably no stalling on the mat too. There was a little bit of stalling down there, but not not too much. But definitely no stalling in neutral was frustrating me. They did the college out of bounds rules, which was uh, cool. I, I felt like the mats were a little. They did riding time, which is all guys. I, you know, all these people bitch about riding time. I don't know. I love riding time, Tommy. It it adds a certain complexity to the match that wouldn't be there without it. How does that make sense? Uh, I, it I adds just, a, like I a strategic point. I think I think riding time is terrible. Then I think it's miserable. That's just because you can't ride anybody though. But take no, I'll tell you. Mind. I'll tell you. I hate. <laughs> I'll tell you why I hate. I, I, I can tell you why. Riding time's terrible. Why is that? Uh, because it's it. If you're riding with the intent to turn your opponent at all times, then riding is very fun to watch, and riding time should be awarded. Um, but to me, riding time is no different than taking a two on riding time. The way that people utilize it now is no different than taking a two on one and holding it and getting a point for it, or I, getting. Getting an underhook or locking up a front headlock and squeezing for a minute and getting a point. I don't know. I, I disagree. I mean, obviously, the top no, I'm stalling. Not talking, I'm, not get, about the way, I'm not talking about the way you ride. I'm not talking about the way I ride either. I mean, I'm talking about a strong, tough ride 
where the guy's not stalling, where he's working a breakdown, working a turn. Obviously, if there's not enough so, skill discrepancy, if one guy's not as much better or way better, he's probably not going to turn him. But that doesn't mean just because he's not at that level doesn't mean he doesn't get the attempt to turn, right? He can there, still there, try there, to turn. There's one wrestling match the entire year that I watched where riding time, riding and riding time and holding the guy down was actually exciting. It was when Corey Clark had to ride Seth Gross to win the national title. And the way that he rode him was freaking awesome. Like, that is, that's what you're talking about. I see that one in a hundred matches. Really? I, I don't, I mean, I don't see, especially with college, the way they're calling it now, I don't see the stalling nearly as often as, say, five years ago. And so, really, there, there's, I would say, there's not a lot of times. That I say, wow, this riding is is super boring. You know, I think they're just, I think they're doing a good job of calling stalling to the point where it's not that boring. Uh, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree more. Oh, we got to have a debate on that for another episode. <laughs> okay, so back to Flow Nationals. I, I guess the fir- first and foremost thing I, I would like. So I said that the most professional ran, but the one thing I would like to say is that I. I am very highly disappointed by the fact that there are three – it's three national events within two weekends. and It's so watered it's down. It's so watered down, Tommy. And if you were around when, when – you know, in, in back in my era. Back in our day. But seriously, I mean there was one to go to and everyone went to it, you know, and that was what it was and that was fantastic. And so I wish somehow all three entities could work together. And do some kind of real national championship, like an actual. We're gonna do one, and you know I don't know how they make as much money as they make at all three in one event. I don't. I don't know the logistics of that. There's obviously got to be some way to do it, right? But yep. to the point where we actually get a real. No, there's one. There's one national champion, and that's that's our guy, right? That's what I I would love to see. That I mean, I think it would be a fantastic event, and obviously. Um, like I said, you're going to have less events than the three goes into one, but I think that would just be, for me, it would be so fun. And, you know, I'm generally speaking kind of on the opposite side. Like, I don't really love all these high school all-star duels where they're putting these high school kids on a podium all the time. But to have one event at the end of the year for folk style wrestling, which every high school kid in America does, and we're going to figure out who the freaking best one is. I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, absolutely, dude. No doubt about it. So we should do it. Yeah, let's find. How how do we? Where do we even start? Well, we got to get the three entities. We got to get USA Wrestling, Flow, and NG, and NGCA to work together. Which I, okay. said, I don't know if that's possible. Simple as that. It's that simple. simple. <laughs> like I mean, there's got to be a way to do it, right? I mean, so what would you have to do? Because, to, to, okay, so let's think about this from an economic standpoint, right, Tommy? Well, you're going to save money because you're renting one venue versus three. But then there's going to be more people because you're going to put all three athletes into essentially one venue. And there's very few crossovers between all three avenues, right? Right. So, I, I guess, what do you do? Do you just raise the entry? Do you have everyone work together and raise the entry fee a little bit? Or do you... Um, you know, and then and then the brackets would get too big, probably. So then, do you make multiple divisions somehow? 
Because I, I, you know, I hate so when I'm as a coach, and I know college coaches are this way. Like for example, the upper weights and cadets and the lower weights and juniors, they're kind of weak, right? Yep. And then same thing at HSCA in the freshman sophomore division, the upper weights are weak, and in older divisions, the lower really lower weights are kind of weaker. And right. so, um, you know, having like a literal literal freshman through senior division like Flo has, right? That's right. like I said. Every high school kid in America wrestles folk style wrestling. Everybody. Right. So to put them all together and find out who the best guy is, there's something to be said for that. And right. so I don't know how you do it from, from an economic standpoint, but I, I would really love to see it. it no doubt it'd be, it would be, it'd be awesome. So how do we do it? Maybe the T-Rone Funky Show, once we get a million listeners in the episode, we could sponsor it. Hey, you know what we need to do next week, next episode? I, I don't thought, know what. Uh, we we got to do our annual, annual awards. Annual awards. Yeah, you know what, Tommy? I ended up throwing a bunch of them away because none of the people wanted them. I guess we'll just give them a not – we'll, we'll not well, we make can, physical we'll awards. We'll have an episode about it. We don't have to make the awards. Okay. I mean, we'll have to make we can have an episode. You know, okay. Let's um, do that. Okay. Next week we'll do that. What else we got going okay, on? Okay, I, I uh, let's see, Flow Nationals. I talked, it was very professionally ran. And um, and then I, I commented how I would like there to be just one. Um, so uh, as far as the wrestling goes, um, I, you know, a lot of tough competition because it was freshmen through seniors in one bracket. Um, who was I re- really, really, really impressed with? That, that heavyweight, which I think everyone's saying, it's the heavyweight from Indiana, he's a freaking animal. That, did you see him? No. Yeah. Um, Paris? Yeah. Last name Ma- is Mason Paris. Paris, yes. He's an animal. I didn't get to watch him. I listened to an interview, though. Three sports star. I heard he's an animal. Yeah, I guess if he chooses to wrestle, he's going to be really good. I don't know if he'll choose to wrestle or not. Um, the 152 – I'm going to look these up. The 152-pounder from Ohio who won it. Um Jaden Maddox. He's good. I don't know who he is, but he's good. He went uh, one and one against David Carr this year. He beat him in a tournament in February, and then David Carr took him down one time each period in the state finals. So he's, he's good, a, though, huh? Oh, yeah, he was a state champ last year. He's state runner-up as a freshman, state champ last year, state runner-up this year to Carr, and he'll crush people next year. Okay. He's, he's, committed, he's committed to Ohio State already. Oh, he is. Yeah. Wow. So you you like him, huh? Hey, one of my guy one of my guys beat up an Ohio State recruit. Apparently he's a Ohio State recruit. Who's that? Um Oh shoot, what was his name? It was at one forty five in the quarterfinals. He was the four and my guy was the, the five seed. Uh I don't recall what his name was. Two time Maryland State champion. Oh, um, I've heard that kid, yeah. So hey, um what about your guy that pushed Sammy Sasso? Yeah, that was so fun. What was the score? Twelve ten, and and he almost had the takedown on the buzzer. He cut him with like twelve seconds left, and had to get one more takedown. So is he um, a Wisconsin animal? Uh, he is. Yeah, he's an interesting story. Um, he was. I told Willie the story, and Willie Willie was close. He so he he was a high level gymnast because his mom was a gymnastics coach, and he started stroke. He, you know, he he started not doing a lot of wrestling practices, and so it's it's a negative return, right? Um, right. When you're little and you do gymnastics, you learn body control, and, and it, it creates all these positive things. So he won a bunch of state titles when he was little. Right. 
But then as he got a little older and he's only practicing once or twice a week maximum, um, you know, people start catching him, obviously. And he doesn't win any state titles or anything for, for a while. Um, and then after his freshman year, I can't remember. I was flying back from somewhere. I, I, I landed on a flight and I got a text from him said, do you still think I can be a Division one college wrestler? And I said, I said yes. And I, I, he hadn't practiced for like five months at this point. He's been totally gone doing gymnastics. And I said, yeah, 100%. So then, you know that that was that was eighteen months ago or so. So he's been. I think that was like August. So um, yeah. So he's been going hard. He's a great kid. Number one in his class. Good ACT. So all, all the college coaches are uh, pretty excited about him. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, he he uh, he had a great day. Pushed him. He sat so hard. He's just, he, if he would have wrestled through a few of the scrambles in the first period a little better, I think he could have got him. Uh, I don't want to talk about my guys though. The other guy I was really impressed with was Ja'Cory Teamer out of New York. Um, I saw a highlight of this kid. Yeah. Freak athlete. Good. I, I had heard his name a whole bunch of times, and I knew he was coached by uh, Vogar Aruja, but uh-huh. uh, he can he can scramble, he can wrestle. He, he kicked one of my guys' butts in the I don't know, quarters, around, around 16. It was around 16. Um, kicked one of my guys' butts, but... Uh, Man, he's good. He's really he just just one of those guys that can wrestle. So, who's your, who your favorite then? Uh, Jaden Maddox or Jacory or Sasso? I mean, or, do I have to give a? Do I? So you're asking me to give an OW, or are you asking me to say like who would I think is gonna be the best in college? Who's gonna be the best in college? Well, I don't know if Mason Paris wrestles, so he he's out, right? Right. Because I can't count on him wrestling. Um, Oh, Seth Nevels is very good also. He, he's a heavyweight. Okay. Um, but I don't know how he's going to go to – I don't know how he's going to go to Penn State because him and his brother would then overlap by a, a, a year you know, of, of actual eligibility. Um, I, I guess I would say – yeah, I guess I, I would say the Maddox kid. He, he really impressed me. I thought he was really, really nice. good. I you know and, and I don't know the skill level of who he was wrestling, but he was he was just good. You know, one of those kids that was good everywhere, kind of. Really impressive. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it was a good tournament. We'll, we're going to be back next year. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, we, we had three placers. Hopefully, we can get a few more next year. Um, so yeah, a, anything else you want to talk about, Tommy, or no? No, man, I'm good. I'm ready for the awards next week. I'm back in the grind. Sorry about. Uh... You know, not doing so well this week. Yeah, it's all good. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us this week. Thank you again to our sponsors, Dahmer and Defense Soap. You guys have a good night. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping, uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs.